G'day everyone and welcome to episode 23 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of doublejump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and this week I'm joined once again by Zach. Zach, how you doing, buddy? I am doing well. How are you? I am doing very well, thank you. That's good to hear. I've always wondered, is Zach short for like a longer name? It is not. Um, a lot of the times it is when it's spelled Z-A-C. Mine's spelled Z-A-C-K, which is not as common and is not short for anything actually hey that's that's actually cool because then you don't have um you don't have to like i don't have a nickname you 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 can't make my name shorter than it is yeah you're kind of like me like a beer is pretty short as well four letters is four letters (laughs) exactly at least i've got like a couple of syllables you've got just you've got two syllables (laughs) i only get one yeah you're hogging all the syllables man i know man it's it's, Give me a it's couple, my people. That's, that's all we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How have you been, buddy? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Been trying to stay away from the heat today because, my God, it is 34 degrees and I am melting. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, starting to warm up here uh, down under where we've got, you know, summer coming up. And we've kind of like just started summer and now we'll be getting into the peak season. So that should be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> a lot of fun and a lot of staying indoors, trying to be cold for once, because it is <laughs> way too hot today. Jesus. It's probably a, good di- uh, probably a good thing that both of the new consoles have cooling in mind. Yes, that is <laughs> handy for a console, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, we've, had a, we've had a really uh, like fun week here in Double Jump. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the team has uh, dived into cyberpunk 2077 which is a, a a small indie game that was released last week i've never heard of it in my entire life what game are we talking about is it even worth discussing no cyberpunk <laughs> is huge it is huge it is like the biggest game which we'll uh, learn about a little bit in the news but before we do yes. that let's talk about what was on double jump last week we had a couple of shiny stories that went up and the first one was uh, Ty's review of Assassin's Creed Valhalla that he played on his brand new Xbox Series X. He seemed to en- enjoy his time with the game, uh, despite you know some some issues here and there. But yeah, a bit too long, but still a solid yeah. time. I think it, I think the worst thing you can really say about it is that it's kind of the same criticisms of the last couple of games, I guess. Yeah, the same criticisms, plus a couple of areas where apparently it wasn't... It took some steps back from Odyssey, which, Mm. that's not good. Um, Yeah, you never want that. But a solid time overall, if you're into Assassin's Creed, especially, you know, the more open-world Origins, Odyssey, and now Valhalla kind of games. And I guess, like, with some of the visual issues that Watch Dogs Legion's experienced, this probably might be your... Like, might be the best example of a third-party a next-gen kind of uh, launch title. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This is a big, it is a big game, and it was kind of a big deal. Yeah. But you know what? Ubisoft always puts a lot of money behind it, so I'm sure it'll get patched really soon. Yeah, you'd hope so. Yeah. Well, you know what else needs a patch is uh, Cyberpunk 2077. But In- one thing you can't really patch was kind of the, the kind of shady marketing practices that CD Projekt Red put forward, and... Our very own John discussed some of the problematic transphobic marketing kind of practices that the Polish developer used when promoting the game. And I don't know, it's... Yeah, I'd read yeah, quite tough, a bit man. about this. I'd read the... There was an original post on Reset Error. Reset Error. Um, yep. And I don't have the name... I can't remember the name of the person who made the post off the top the of my head. The person who posted it, yeah. Um, uh, it was Reset Error member QG who made the original post. Uh, mm. outlining sort of the more transphobic practices within the marketing and it's yeah it's not a good look at all yeah uh, especially for Definitely you not. know a genre you know cyberpunk as a genre is very much you know an examination of sorts of these sorts of marketing practices and to see the company making a cyberpunk game doing yeah. the things that they were criticizing in making the game of that genre is not a great look. Yeah, and I don't think you can get away with that in 2020. No. Like, you can't say, oh, it's a satire. That's why it's like this. 
Like that's you might have gotten away with that. No, not without ago. not without seriously backing it up, and they did the complete opposite. They said that, yeah, and then they did nothing to actually show it or prove it in their yeah. in how the marketing went forward. They they did the very thing yeah. that they were claiming to criticize. Like no, and it's you like can't just do that. You clearly have awareness enough to know that this is not the right thing to do. So I think I think that kind of makes it worse in a way. Oh yeah, is that. It's it's not even ignorance at that point. It's like you kind of like when there's a consistent pattern of behavior. I feel like there's there's some there's something there. Like there's some some sort of like intention. Well, it's lip service. They were paying lip service to you know um, being yeah. this progressive company without actually really doing anything to yeah. you know actually be progressive. Especially with at least like, within their marketing. Yeah, especially like where countries in that part of the world like russia and poland and stuff like don't really have a good history of you know representation and and accepting people of uh, from the lgbtq plus community and i don't know it's you can't really i mean boycotting the game may not solve the problem because there's who knows the people who made the decisions to do all these things could just be a handful of them and the majority of the team was like you know maybe not even aware that this was happening because this is just so much out of the scope of their work but yeah quite frankly know, like a, a game like cyberpunk is impossible to boycott because yeah. as we will discuss soon it is the fastest selling pc game of all time um yeah. so that's not going to work but raising you know yeah a, a, being aware of these sorts of things these sorts of practices within the game within the you know the marketing within the company is still very much you know important it's important to know it's important to be aware of and it is important to criticize yeah Yeah. and that's the thing like it's it's just annoying and and troubling and and there's other things wrong with the game as well like like even in the marketing and and within the game's narrative as well like all the gangs and stuff that you encounter all split into different ethnic groups like there's like the yeah like oh here's the latino gang oh here's the Asian gang. Something I read that kind of, you know, threw me off when I read it because I was like, I had to do a double take and keep in mind, I can't remember where I read this so I might not have all the information 100% correct but apparently, because Cyberpunk 2077 is based off of a tabletop RPG and in the yeah. RPG, a lot of the gangs are like meant to be, you know, white people pretending or not pretending but like using um, imagery. Imagery. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, of you know other ethnic groups but then in cyberpunk 2077 they just made the gangs the other ethnic groups and it's like that's you missed the point completely you just missed the point the creator of the cyberpunk uh tabletop game which this game is based on he's actually an i believe he's african-american at least african um like he's a co-creator one of the co-creators is of african descent so it kind of makes sense that you know the depiction of the original game was kind of more like people appropriating culture but then with this game it's like no we're just straight up just going to use like these stereotypes like oh these are the these are the asian gang oh they're going to be like the triads oh these are the african people okay so they're going to dress a little bit more quote-unquote urban or whatever you know like it's it's a mess it's it's no longer satire no because you are the thing you are satirizing. So, like, get your shit in order. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Get your shit in order. <laughs> uh, well, you know something that was in order and, More you know, less. probably went as best as it could really go was the, the Game Awards this year, which uh, took place last Friday Australian time. Did you get the chance to catch any of it live, dude? Uh, I caught a bit of it live. I kind of just had it on in the background while I was doing other things uh, here and there and yep. just watching a couple of the trailers that I was more interested in, th- in and things like yep. that. Uh, but yeah, I caught about the last, I'd say, probably half an hour live. Yeah. Uh, did you catch it? I caught some of it. Like, um, I had it on in the background because it was on while I was at work. So I just kind of put it on one of the computers and just had it kind of playing in the background. And it was, it was interesting because... There was a, like a half an hour pre-show before the actual main show, and one of the categories that was in the pre-show was best action adventure game. Now, what I found really funny is that the host—I uh, don't pre-show. remember her name—but she was like, "Oh, 
um, in years past, like uh, at least three of the winners in this category took out the main game of the year category. So I'm like, then why the hell was this category in the pre-show if it's so vital? Oh, like if it's such a big thing. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of the things that happen at the Game Awards do confuse me to no end. Um, yeah. Uh, d- okay, I'm sure I'm not the only person who's picked up on this. They will announce someone to speak. That person will give like a minute long speech where they just announce someone else to speak. And then that person will say what everyone was actually waiting for. Um, mm. Like they got Tom Holland to introduce... Literally, they introduced Tom Holland, who then didn't really say anything and just said, and now Nolan North will talk. And then Nolan North spoke about Naughty Dog. And that was it. Like, why? <laughs> what was the point of that? I, I do like Tom Holland. I'm not complaining about him being there. I'm complaining... I'm not complaining about him. I'm complaining about, you know, just the extra step. I don't get it. Yeah, I think... It's it's something that the the game awards and you know the the organ the lead organizer of the game awards is Jeff Keighley, who's yep. a long time industry veteran, um, used to work at game trailers and G four and all that back in the day. But he was also instrumental in the creation of the Spike VGA awards, which were you know kind of infamous for having a lot of kind of shoehorned celebrity cameos and presenters at a video games award show where clearly these celebrities had nothing to do with games or did not even give a shit. So I think this this is kind of like the legacy of that of that that thing that the games industry tries to do is like, oh look, look, we're look at us, we're cool. Look, look, mainstream. Yeah, well who did they yeah. get what was the name of the person they got to introduce uh, to announce game of the year? What was his name? It was uh Christopher Nolan. Was it Christopher Nolan? Yeah, he he was um he presented the uh, game of the year. Yeah, like, why? <laughs> Quite frankly, just yeah, just why? Um, uh, here's here's my theory. Number one, he's got a movie to promote, right? Number two, true. um, I'm sure there's a like a probably there's an overlap between game fans and Christopher Nolan fans when it comes to like, you know, like his movies are pretty much like some sort of like they're just they're like weird video games in a way like you could kind of think of like oh yeah this is this level this is this level <laughs> like, I guess I, I kind of I, I watched Tenet and That's I Tenet, thought yeah. I was like this would be an awesome game It's such a good I movie I do want to watch it um, and the other thing is like he also adds cachet to the awards getting such a big you know I'm sure he's like an Oscar award winning oh, yeah, director is. or he something is. Like I'm getting sure someone of his level brings brings attention to main from mainstream outlets to the game awards which brings more viewers in and you know casual fans and all sorts of stuff True. right it's it's like it makes sense from both sides but you're right like you could have utilized them to a, a better do extent. need to say one thing that he said uh when he was talking about the game of the year that i just found hilarious was in he said that all the games that were nominated for game of the year were like he said something along the lines of um innovation in like immersive storytelling i'm just like one of the nominees is Animal Crossing, and I'm not dissing Animal Crossing, but that is not an immersive storytelling game by any mean. <laughs> and as far as I know, neither is Doom. I haven't played it yet, but apparently the story is the... kill aliens or kill demons. <laughs> the other three, sure. Or four, you, you know, it's a it's a it's it's a it's a Homeric level like Odyssey. The tale that is Animal Crossing. Look, as someone who has read the Odyssey, I can safely say I can see the connections. Both involve islands. Of course. We are on yes. to something here. And and maybe some of the uh, the players could have been of Hellenic origin. Possibly. You never know. <laughs> there were animals in ancient Greece and ancient mythology. Like, I know there were animals You'd around. You'd hope so, yeah. So, you know, there's that as well. Well, I take it back. <laughs> Animal Crossing, indeed... Deep immersive storytelling. Thank you, Christopher Nolan, for enlightening me to that. I mean, like, if if we want to be legit, like, I mean, if we look at hieroglyphs in ancient Egypt, like, clearly they were designing prototypes for Animal Crossing, like True. they're you know personified animals, anthropomorphized animals True. walking around. Like, that's like, come on, you know, that's 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 you know, the the quest for bells is is as is as old as human evolution, all right? It's a metaphor for something or other. I'm sure about it. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> but but no. I mean, uh, what did you think of the game awards as a whole? Listen. Or like, should we go through category by category? How about we do that? All right. There's a, there's a, there's yeah. quite a few here. So let's 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 let's. There are some we can kind of speed through. I feel like. But yeah. Let's get to it. Well, let's let's you know 
the elephant in the room is the domination by Naughty Dog and The Last of Us Part 2. So, The Last of Us Part 2 took out Game of the Year, Best Game Direction, uh, Best Narrative, um, what else? Uh, Best Audio Design, Best Performance, uh, which was Laura Bailey as Abby. Um, Then we also had, how should I put it? It it was also the, um, the best... Uh, what was it? Uh, best action adventure, like I said before. So, I t- yep, uh, won best innovation and accessibility, I think. Yep, well, I, I can see that. Like I know, um, uh, Ed touched on that in our discussion uh, previously. So I, I can I can definitely see that in terms yeah, of um, um, what The Last of Us did. So yeah, yeah. What like I think? haven't played it, but I'm not surprised by pretty much any of these. Um, yeah. I haven't played it yet. I just know that it was well received. It was a big game, and I do think that you know. But it was divisive. The Game Awards tends towards bigger games. I think. Yeah, it is very AAA heavy. Like the only independent game in that category was Hades. So for like for yeah. example, Game of the Year, the category, the nominees were Animal Crossing: New Horizons from Nintendo, Doom Eternal from id Software, Final Fantasy VII Remake from Square Enix. Ghost of Tsushima from Sucker Punch Productions, Hades from Supergiant Games, and The Last of Us Part Two by Naughty Dog. And only one of them was an independent game, so to speak. Yeah. And and then again, that was from a large independent, you know, kind of like like a prestigious independent studio in, in Supergiant Games. So Yeah. It's i mean, it, it's like any awards. I'm sure that it's like overrepresented by things that had the things that were gonna be like followed by the mainstream anyway yeah things that were in the public eye they're gonna be bigger and like sure if you play games you definitely know what you know hades and super giant games is but if i were to ask you know one of my family Mm. members who doesn't play games if they've heard of the game hades they'd probably be like no what are you talking about because they're not gonna know will they know what the last of us is yes definitely they'll probably be like oh that's that that's the game that zombie game (laughs) yeah with the fungus <laughs> so but, i'm not really yeah. surprised that the last of us part two won here's the thing the only nominees that i've played are hades and animal crossing so i really don't yeah. have much to comment on on the others i've heard they're yeah. all really good though yeah well like the thing is like animal crossing was like you know it was like it's just another animal crossing yeah, okay, Animal Crossing... It's just doing chores. I'll be honest, I don't quite see how that was nominated. But the thing about it is that, like, and the the thing is that the place that Animal Crossing held in the hearts of, like, millions of gamers around the world, especially during the beginning of this the pandemic, year, yeah. is, is kind of, like, that cultural impact of it kind of catapults yeah. it to that category. Doom Eternal is in there. I don't know why. Like, it, I'm sure it's a very good shooter, but I don't know if it was, like, kind of at the, at the top of the game, like... A, like in the top six Final Fantasy 7 Remake from what I've heard it is a crazy I still haven't played that one it's a crazy it's 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 kind of a it's a sequel yet an alternate universe take on Final Fantasy 7 like it's a very ambitious project so when Ed was describing it as sort of like the Avengers endgame of the Final Fantasy 7 universe it, it does it does delve into like alternate timelines and stuff like that. Like the audacity to mess with nostalgia and, you know, the ire of millions of, you know, Final Fantasy fans kind of keeps it in that top, top echelon. Ghost of Tsushima, like it's a very competent open world game. Like Sucker Punch does a good job of making open world games that are fun and, and feel good to play. But I don't know. I don't know if that was like, I haven't played it, but I don't know if that really belonged in that top top category Hades I think it goes without saying that that as like a video game in terms of how tight its mechanics like how tight of a package it is it, yeah it is kind of like that it's like the best quote-unquote video game like the game you play I'll say right now Hades way. is my game of the year personally yeah and then the other one was The Last of Us Part 2 which you know sequel to another like well-reviewed game and and while this one didn't have as much universal acclaim like it was a very divisive game you know yeah. potentially due to the subject matter and the kind of the the amount of gore that's shown in the game but you know it, it it's 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 kind of like that it, it it's kind of like that Christopher Nolan movie you know like that big tentpole release that you know you kind of gets put into that category it gets put into the spotlight by virtue yeah. of being Last Part 2. 
you know yeah exactly and like i mean we 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 had this discussion in our staff discord about like this like the there was an article from kotaku's i think ian walker wrote it talking about how the best game direction award shouldn't be awarded to oh crunch like to yeah, crunch, yeah to to directors or you know leadership teams that use crunch to finish a, a game now uh, sadly, I think if that was the case, no games would ever be nominated at the moment. I believe, but... I, I I believe Hades is the only one on that list that had no crunch, and that well, was from a small studio. That's the thing. So maybe the developers of Hades didn't have crunch, but they probably did longer hours than most of the other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so hard to know. Like, there's no transparency with yeah. You the video yeah, game industry a small the, studio. the game design industry publicly... as a whole has such a small amount of transparency that it's so hard exactly to and know. it's like other mediums you know like unlike in music like in, in when a, a piece of music is made you may have like you know dozens of writers and stuff and you might have a whole bunch of musicians but it's nowhere near like the scale of what video game development can yeah. be and there's I guess there is something to be said that you know are you okay here's the two ways to think of approaching this right like here's probably the two ways one way is you see game direction as a leadership thing and one thing you see game direction as a creative lead like a creative uh process like you know like you're talking about you know innovation or yeah like you know, are you talking about the product like or are you talking about the process of making the product and that's the thing like when when you talk about game direction like it's like you know, a lot of film directors have won Best Director, but they're probably assholes and, you know, force their, you know, the, the their cast members or their crew and stuff to work ridiculously. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's... I'm of the opinion of that, you know, if you're a great leader, whether you have an artistic vision and, you know, and all that stuff, you are not a full... You're not a director, like a game director, if you are not... If you have to force crunch, if if your project relies on crunch, because games are like games are in their nature, they rely so much on, you know, uh, like they rely so much on that team effort because like like if everything from a game engine. Yeah, there's so many different parts. Yeah, even from like if I want to make a if I want to film a rock, you know, I can take a camera out to it. But if I want to, you know render a rock in a game i need to you know if i need to adapt a game engine or i need to you know create one from scratch or i need to get artists and all these other people involved right like yeah so i'm of the opinion that i agree with the kotaku right and in that i don't think you should win best game direction if you have forced your developers to crunch what, what do you think man no i agree there um again it very much goes to are we talking about you know game direction as in the game itself or the process of making it it's a very a lot of these categories i feel like yeah. are extremely vague but no yeah employees shouldn't be put through hell and back you know that's not good direction or good directing yeah that's yeah you know it's it falls on the leadership team it falls on you know directors it falls on uh, producers it falls on publishers mm. not on yeah. you know you know people who are just doing you know the art or the coding or things like that yeah exactly exactly and that's yeah that's why i totally i don't think the last of us part two should have won that fair <laughs> and and you know and, and the thing is like we've we had this argument as well like saying oh but you know doing it a, like doing some sort of like boycott or whatever at the game awards probably isn't the way to do it isn't isn't as like you know a strong a move as you you know it, it it it's kind of like um you know it's kind of like you know gesturing or something right but you could argue I mean when I was watching it and this was just at the pre-show it was like half a million people were watching it on the tw- on the official YouTube channel and there were so many other people watching it on other channels that were you know restreaming like IGN and stuff plus millions more on Twitch like like. I'm I'm sure the majority of the people watching are unaware that crunch is a thing, and you know if you can make these people aware, and maybe even if a fraction of them give a shit and want things to change, and they are gonna become you know 
they are the consumers they will vote with their wallets or they might you know they might be the next generation of developers or they might already be developers and stuff right maybe they are in a position to make a change or to make changes happen in the future like the award show is the place for it then you know yeah yeah like we didn't have e3 this year like no, it what, did. I will be honest. You know, it did feel very much like the game of the game awards was trying to be this year's E three. I mean, it yeah. kind of feels like that and, every and it, year, but this yeah. year, this year in particular, I don't know why, but I'm just like this feel doesn't feel like yeah. it's an awards thing. It feels like it wants to be E three so badly. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about some of the announcements that came out of there. So you know, we're talking. Let's see. We had. Uh, how should I put it? A, a new Perfect Dark, you know, was announced. Uh, Back for Blood, which is from Turtle Rock Studios, the people who made uh, Left for Dead and Evolve. It's basically a new four-player co-op zombie shooter. Um, uh, was going to say like, there's uh, oh yes, um, more gameplay footage of Warhammer Forty Thousand Dark Tide. We also had a look at the new Dragon Age, uh, the new Mass Effect. Like, it's. I don't know, it's like an announcement for Arc 2 starring Vin Diesel of all people. Like, these are these are the things you would have seen at E3. Yeah. But I now mean, they're here. The Game Awards have always kind of done that. Um, they call yeah. everything a world premiere, even when it's things we've world seen before. World premiere. Yeah. It's like also when Xbox does that. Like, like whenever there's like E3 shows and... Phil Spencer's voiceover comes over the headset, like over the microphone. <laughs> yeah, just because it's a new trailer doesn't mean it's the first time we've seen this game, guys. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, it, were there any any of the trailers, or any of the announcements? Did anything stand out to you? Uh, look, the only thing that really stood out to me was Sephiroth being the next Smash Brothers DLC character, <laughs> which cool. The games, yep. I don't know. A lot of them, I was just like. I feel like we either know nothing about them, like the Mass Effect trailer, what did that show us? Nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, there were so many teaser trailers or, like, announcements that were very okay. I'm not yeah. surprised, but I also just don't... Not not care, I just don't have any feelings towards any of these games whatsoever, I guess. Yeah. Like, I don't know enough about them, I don't... We didn't see much from them. I'm not expecting anything from them yet. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I don't know, man. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, it'll be a <laughs> wait and see kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, I've kind of always felt like the Game Awards are just a weird position because there are so many Game Awards that the Game Awards feels, I don't know, it's a bit of a nothing event sometimes because, you know, Yes, The Last of Us Part 2 won Game of the Year. But don't worry, every single game on this list is going to have a Game of the Year edition. Except for probably Animal Crossing, because I don't think Nintendo really do that. But every other game, is, yeah. and maybe Hades, because indie developer. But every other game is going to have yeah. a Game of the Year edition. <laughs> Whether it won Game of the Year or not, because it'll be on someone's Game of the Year list. I guarantee it. That's true. And that's the thing with um, with, with the industry is that I guess it, it all doesn't really matter because we're it's like I guess it's like award season in in movies and music and stuff like yeah. people it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy people are a reflection of the media they see but the media is a reflection of the the people who watch or or consume it so it's kind of like that cycle you know yeah yeah your your tastes are shaped by uh, the the media but you the media relies on you to tell it what to show you so yeah pretty much mm. it's very much a sort of circular thing yep you know and uh yeah you know what else is a circular thing and a never-ending thing is cyberpunk in the headlines wow <laughs> well actually it's released now so give it some time and it'll probably die down maybe true. We'll there'll see. be a, there'll be another circle not for a while because what happened with cyberpunk uh, it became the fastest-selling PC game of all time. Damn. Which uh, was pretty crazy. So CD Projekt Red took to its official investor Twitter account. Yes, it has one of those. And it revealed that the game was the fastest-selling PC- PC game of all time with 4.27... Sorry, 4.72 million units sold by day one. So that's like 
pre-orders alone, not to mention any sales on the day. Jeez. And this is based on the fact that it had 8 million pre-orders in total, 59% of which were on PC. So that that's how uh, you know companies got the 4.72 million unit amount. Now, for context, the previous record holder was World of Warcraft Shadowlands, which came out last month. It's <laughs> a <So> quick moving. <laughs> yep. Which sold at 3.7 million units by its launch. And that beat out Diablo 3, which was released in 2011, uh, with 3.5 million. So, you know, this is a significant... That's like a, what, 20, 30% jump yeah. over over World of Warcraft Shadowlands. Like, that's crazy. It's a big jump. That is a lot of cyberpunk out in the world. Yeah, <laughs> this... and... You know, there have been a lot of reports of, you know, PlayStation's crashing, Xbox is crashing, yeah. PC's crashing, not running the game well. So, uh, CD Projekt Red has vowed to uh, do some major updates, I think two, at least two significant updates on consoles by February. Um, NVIDIA just dropped a new uh, updated GeForce driver for Cyberpunk 2077. And you know what? It may have sold really well, but... It may not. It didn't quite meet review expectations, and no. yeah, CD Projekt Red m- was probably not going to pay its employees some the bonuses of promise, but now it will. Like, what? What's happening? Yeah. There? So I read a bit about the bonuses, and I need to try and wrap my head around how they work because I'm very confused. Apparently, mm. what happened is each month employees would get tokens given to them, like physical tokens. Um, given mm-hmm. to them if they worked, like, if they were, you know, distinct or, you know, specifically good workers. But the tokens alone, and then the tokens could be exchanged for bonuses, but they could only do that if the game was rated above a 90 on Metacritic or something like that. And mm. I'm sorry, but what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just, I actually am not sure if, I'm not sure if I've got that right, but that seems to be how they handled bonuses. And that confuses the crap out of me yeah it's yeah it's 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 kind of it's it's uh, i don't know like it, I it's just, bizarre it's infuriating like these people were forced to work six day work weeks for the last few months and you know just because the game gets delayed doesn't mean that it they're going to ease off and not crunch it actually means a longer period of crunch yeah and the thing is that with the f- like with this looming over your head, you know, like could you imagine crunching all that? Oh, that'd be and a nightmare. Missing out on, you know, like a, that bonus that you thought you'd get, like that's and the fact that the bonus was tied to Metacritic scores is an awful way to do it. I'm sorry, but what? Yeah. Like, yeah, there is so many standard aspects. Standard. It, it, it feels to me like it was intended to create a culture where the people who it was less about recognizing the people who did well and more about shaming the people who didn't. Um, yeah. But anyway, as far yeah. as they go for getting their bonuses, I'm not sure if that means that regardless of the score, they'll be allowed to cash in on their tokens or just every employee mm. will get a bonus now. I have no idea. I, I yeah. actually am not sure. Um, I do not understand how the system was supposed to work in the first place. It <laughs> sounds bizarre, convoluted, a bit like a buggy mess. Um which, given the state of the game, kind Perfect. of makes sense. It sounds like something yeah. you'd almost hear in a cyberpunk dystopia hellscape of a company. Anyway, um, yeah, not referencing yeah. no, anything right. in particular. And and it, and it shows because the game has so many like bugs and and it's just lacking polish in a lot of ways. Because it, it seems like <sighs> crunch aside, like the game needed some more time to really like finalize a lot of the design things or to to polish the game you know, to, like... I mean, The Witcher 3 had its own issues when it launched as well, so, like, it's not unprecedented for games of this scale with so much going on, but it's it's still... It, it's still a bummer. Like, yeah, no, it's, a, it's disappointing yeah. to see, especially after, you know, such a long development time, so many delays, and the so many promises, you know, they actually they promised that there would not be any crunch when the game was first announced or something like that or early into the game's development that didn't happen they promised that the game would be you know complete it would be polished when it launched that didn't happen they said that it would work on you know now previous gen hardware which is not happening 
um so blur yeah like the game if you have like an original xbox one or an original ps4 like holy shit it's like a different game. Yeah, no, I've, I've read, and again, I'm not 100% sure um, if, like, how accurate this is, but apparently Sony are offering digital uh, refunds for the game, yeah. which they have not done before because it's just that, you know, it just doesn't work. Oh, man. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Like, I'd... I don't even want to... It's like... disappointing. It's frustrating. It must absolutely suck for the developers. Good to hear they're getting their bonuses, apparently. Um, yeah. And, I mean... Which is, I'm not which is good. sad that the game is doing well. I'm not frustrated that the game is selling well or anything like that. It's more just the state of it, the state of the game. It feels like it sold well because of pre-orders rather than because of people buying it on the day, but I'm not sure. It's just... Yeah. The whole thing is that, you know... This shouldn't have been how it was handled from the get-go. It feels yeah. like a bit of a mismanaged mess. Yeah. And I swear, if, if CD Projekt Red wins Best Game Direction, I'm going to throw something at the fucking window. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on, oh, though. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on, moving on. Uh, Twitch has worked or has announced an update to its hateful conduct and harassment policy. Uh, it is taking aim at hate speech and sexual harassment behavior. Uh, Yay. Thank God. Finally. So, mm-hmm. um, there are some planned changes. They're set to go live, uh, set to go live, not alive, on January 22nd <laughs> next year uh, yep. to ideally better protect streamers, users, and just sort of the general Twitch community uh, in online areas. They want to hold offenders accountable for what they say or do, regardless of the actual intention behind what they're saying. Some which of the fair, more, you know, general takeaways, some of the more general changes, not getting too specific here. Claiming that the victim of a well-documented violent tragedy is a crisis actor or is lying. Uh, encouraging others to DDoS, hack, dox, or SWAT another person. That is a big one. Oh, Jesus, yep. Inciting malicious raids of another person's social media profiles through Twitch also a big one uh malicious use of emotes and due to its historic uh, yeah sorry malicious use of emotes and due to its historic and symbolic association with slavery displaying the confederate flag repeatedly commenting on someone's perceived attractiveness making lewd or explicit comments about anyone's sexuality or physical appearance and sending unwanted or unsolicited links to nude images or videos all very important things to tackle it's just sad that we have to... It's just sad that now you have to spell these things out. Yeah, it shouldn't have gotten just, to this point. Just don't be a they, fucking idiot. I don't know... How, like, I'm not entirely sure what um, the like rules were regarding these things already, that were already in place. I hope that there were rules already, at least to some degree. Uh, it's nice to hear that they will be working on actually enforcing them or actually, you know, sort of increasing them. Um, yeah, we will see how well it Twitch actually hold up that, you know. Yeah, promise. Twitch doesn't have a very good track record about. They do not anything besides copyright. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully we'll That's see some actual changes, which would be very nice. Because yeah, we'll find out soon enough. You know, January twenty second. It's just over a month away so yeah it's not far off from seeing these changes enacted and then hopefully long term they'll be able to keep up with them because it'll be you know quite frankly twitch can be a bit of a you know unfriendly toxic place yeah cesspit no that works a lot better actually yeah it can be cesspit it absolutely sucks sometimes anyway twitch is awful at times but you know with some of these changes hopefully it can be a little better a little a little more welcoming a little friendlier bit of a nicer place to be yeah for a place so focused on you know community on personal engagement mm. with someone you know having to make these Put rules your where your mouth is having to make these <laughs> rules and you know having people do the clearly these sorts of things are happening if these rules are needed yeah. so it's yeah. disappointing <laughs> to say the least yep but good that they're doing something about it for sure, definitely, definitely. If Twitch is uh, making strides towards 
you know, recognizing that there are a lot of bad actors out there. Another place where people are being recognized, but maybe people who do deserve a bit more of this, is the the LGBTQ plus community in the form of the Gaming Awards coming next year. So, for folks who aren't aware, there's a, a gaming publication in the UK called Gaming Magazine, that's G-A-Y Gaming, uh, has announced that it's partnered with some big industry game companies, so people like EA Games, Twitch, you know, Microsoft, Sony Interactive Entertainment, Square Enix, Rocksteady, you know, big heavy hitters to host the world's first, quote-unquote, LGBTQ plus video game award ceremony. And these are scheduled to take place on February 24, 2021. So um, EA, EA's game seems like the, like the main kind of sponsor for the event. And the show itself will air exclusively on Twitch next year. Um, it's going to have eight categories. Game of the Year, Gaming Magazine Reader's Award, the Best LGBTQ Indie Game, LGBTQ Streamer of the Year, Industry Diversity Award, Authentic Representation Award, Best LGBTQ, and Best LGBTQ Narrative. I don't know what best... What does Best LGBTQ mean? That's a good question. But I'm assuming it probably means like maybe... Maybe... Like character or something? I'm not sure. I don't, yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see. Maybe we'll learn a bit more in, yeah. in the lead up. Yeah. And the 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 panel kind of presiding over the nominees are going to be uh, made up of uh, 20 plus representatives from around the world, um, all from the LGBTQ plus community. And there's also going to be a public vote for LGBTQ Streamer of the Year and Gaming Magazine Reader Award. So those two are going to be, uh, yeah, um, decided by us, the people. Like, this is, this is pretty cool, man. What do you this think? This is cool. Uh, so I stand by the fact that I think game awards are kind of dumb sometimes, um, just as a stand, like, you know. Yeah. But when I say that, I do mostly mean, like, you know, the big ones like the game awards. Something like this, which is focused more on representation, I think is actually what we really need. Um, because, you know, yeah. with something like the game awards, nobody is really surprised by the winners. I mean, if you are... It's probably between mm. one game or the other. Not, I don't think anyone's ever surprised by the top six. Uh, so seeing something that focuses solely yeah. on representation in an industry that, let's face it, is kind of known for pretty shitty representation is fantastic. And, and, and some people may argue, oh, why do we need a separate award show for this? Or, you know, shouldn't it just be... Isn't it sad that it's not even... these Our normal awards aren't representative of, like these uh these groups is like well i mean you could i don't understand why you can't have both like you could have representation have in the regular awards shows and then like just like there are the dice awards during gdc the game developers conference in san francisco every year which are which are like the the, the games developers voting on themselves and and on each other's work like this is like another angle to approach uh you know recognition in 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 the games industry like this is just another way of approaching it and there's there's nothing fantastic Um, there's nothing wrong with that like why are they australian gaming awards and why are they uk ones and stuff you know like it's just everyone's got their own like like context for games and they want to recognize it in that way like absolutely you know um and Mm. seeing you know looking at the categories that we've got they do seem like they are you know fairly specific they're not you know we've still got obviously game of the year which is extremely broad but you know the 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 yeah. game awards and i'm talking about the big one the game awards um i don't like that it's just called the game awards and i have to differentiate i have to specify that every time but anyway it's got such a like we we're talking about best yeah. direction what does that mean it's got such a broad categories whereas here you know these are pretty solid except for best lgbtq i don't know what that means these are pretty solid categories you know they're fairly specific i think i think it's meant to be best i like i would think i there's already lgbtq streamer i i would think like character would be authentic representation but i'm not sure um we'll wait and see find out more information hopefully yeah yeah we'll find out um seeing that it's really good and hopefully this will lead to some more you know some better representation i hope this awards show games you know gains um I've forgotten the word. 
uh, gains prestige, <laughs> becomes sort of, you know, prestigious, becomes <laughs> sort of a, an actual thing that developers yeah. work towards, not just for the sake of getting an award, yeah. but for the sake of bettering themselves. And I mean, if you need to tempt them with an award to do that, then fine. If it leads to better representation, you know what? That's a good I mean, thing overall, even if it is for kind of shitty reasons. Like, let's be honest. Like, it wasn't, what, maybe four years ago when, um, like, you know, the... the uh, oh, I forget his name, but, you know, the... Oh, Alex Hutchinson from Ubisoft, who's kind of like the creative director of Far Cry, uh, Far Cry 4 and stuff, you know, and a few other people who worked on Assassin's Creed 3 and Syndicate... Uh, not Syndicate, Unity? sorry. What was the... Unity, the one that was in, um, yeah, France. Like, talking about, oh, we... We didn't have any women on staff, so we didn't have anyone to read the lines or go over the stuff. So we just didn't bother animating, making a, a female character. Like, you know, it's like, oh, you know. How like, fucking oh. hard is it to find a sing? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Or we were even just talking about, we were even, we were even just talking about CD Projekt Red and transphobia. You know, that, that sort of thing is still oh. very prevalent in the industry and it's, shit yeah and that's the thing it's <laughs> uh like maybe this is a sign of maturation for the for the for the industry so you know what if if it means we're moving forward yeah go for it and you know this this is going to cop a lot it's, like i'm sure it's already copped like all this flack so that's just it's going to happen yeah, anyway of course it's going to get flack which is awful but hopefully with time, that flack will die down. With time and with work, obviously, it's not just going to happen. It'll take effort. It'll take people pushing these sorts of things, pushing this sort of representation. But, yeah, you know, I think it'll happen. I think we'll see a lot of this become more, you know, accepted within the community, which it needs to be. And that would be mm. freaking amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I see people, like, complain, oh... Oh, I was watching TV, and there was there were trans people on the screen, or there were like people from different backgrounds or different sexual, you know, uh, uh, like preferences or their their genders and stuff. Like, I don't want to see this in front of my children. Blah 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 blah. It's like, like, dude, like twenty thirty years ago, you wouldn't. There were people in like, you know, Asian stereotype makeup and stuff like that to sell, you know, noodles or whatever. Like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you would have said, oh my God, there's a brown person on my screen. What the hell? There would be letters sent to the ABC or to the whatever the, the, the channels were back then to complaining about it. So this is just the next, it's just the next kind of like step in terms of representation. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I just, I think people just, just chill. You know, it's good to see... Uh, it's good to see these sorts of awards, like people acknowledge that we do need this. It's not good that we need to acknowledge yeah. that we need this because the industry is so shit. Um, mm. But it's good that people are, you know, acknowledging that it's needed. And it's good that people yeah. are making efforts to yeah. push for that. And that is a good lineup of um, industry, um, like of like developers, of companies. That's a, it's a good it's spread. A good spread. It's, it's a good spread. It's good to see companies you know, getting involved. Hopefully it is more than, you know, just lip service. Yeah, it is actual be... involvement. We'll, we'll yeah. see. This is the second time in as many weeks, I think, that Square Enix has made like a really progressive move. Like a couple of weeks ago, Square Enix uh, is basically allowing its developers to work from home, depending on their role. Like that's a pretty big move for a game company. And now a Square Enix, which is largely a Japanese company to be, you know, be associated with an award show like this like that's also yeah. a pretty big step like coming from like an asian like coming from an asian like you know culture that's that's a pretty big step in and of itself so like kudos there mm. as well it's good to see it's good to see mm. uh now something we will mm. not be seeing for a little bit is halo infinite because it has been delayed to spring 2021 um, but along with that, 343 Yay. Industries has issued some very long-awaited Halo Infinite news. Uh, so, finally, <laughs> uh, the campaign project lead, uh, Joseph Staten, finally gave light to the visual concerns for the game. Because uh, a few you know months ago when the game came out, a lot of people were like, wow, this looks not great. Um, 
you remember Craig, Craig the Brute? Yeah, and all the memes associated yes, with that. I do remember watching that trailer, seeing that. It did not look quite right. Uh, but they have announced a... And, and I, I'm still adamant. I still believe that part of that is because of the fact that it's... 343 Industries is kind of hamstrung by the limitations of the, the Xbox One generation. But yeah, sorry, continue. But um, yeah, they gave a tentative release window, spring 2021. Nothing confirmed directly, but it'll maybe happen. We'll see. Um, in a lengthy community address via, yeah. <laughs> via Halo Waypoint with various 343 Industries team members... Uh, Staten assured the Halo community that the gameplay demo aired, aired earlier in 2020 was made to preview gameplay and not to set visual expectations for the final product. So there's those concerns. Which is pretty important if you think we about it. We will see. Like, yeah. it makes sense, but... Like, it, it, it kind of makes sense, but I feel like, okay, yeah, yeah you're no, just saying and this at the now. Same time, like, when you At when the you same time, that. you know, <laughs> visuals are important, especially for a game that was... Because yeah. this was originally set to be a launch title for Series X, wasn't it? This was going to be the next generation yeah, this, game. This was meant to be... This has got like advanced yeah. ray tracing, shadow quality textures and, you know... Yeah, it's crazy that... Uh, trying to like kind of retcon the... <laughs> retcon a real demo. <laughs> what? Like ah, we got you. Ah. Like, By the way, guys, it wasn't what we were going for. No. Anyway, um, moving on. Uh, Neil Harrison, the director of art management, explained that, and I quote: "While that aspect generally landed as we wanted, the reality is that the art and visuals weren't at the bar we hold for Halo, even in a work in progress state." Which again, weird that you're only saying mm. this now. Better late than never. Just like the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we did get like uh, both, like in that in that lengthy post, like we did get like a great like looks at new kind of like screenshots from the game, and the lighting does look better there. Yeah, and there was some new concept yeah. art as well for character models, weapons, level design, and even a multiplayer. Which is awesome because what the hell is happening with that multiplayer? We have no idea. Like. There are no details about it's this game. Halo. Multiplayer is yeah, kind of a big deal. I don't even play Halo when I know that. Yeah. It was the multiplayer game on but the Xbox. Like all the other studios have come in and eaten Halo's lunch. Like what is Halo gonna bring to the table? That's the thing. This this infinitely wide yeah, table. We are not lacking for sci- we're not lacking for sci fi space shooters, yeah, I'll say I mean, that. The people who made Halo, Bungie, is, you know, still plugging away at new Destiny content. And that still has a healthy player base. So where's Halo Infinite going to slot into the market? Well, they are saying that it will hold a player-first focus with commitment to community feedback and user experience well beyond release. Uh, but also every company promises that, so that's not really yeah, anything like new. Every, every game is a live game now. Everything's going to be yeah. a service. Like, Which just... is disappointing, but we will wait and see, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't like saying wait and see so much today. I've been saying that a lot, yeah. but all we can really do with announcements like this is wait and see, because you I... jump the gun too early and, yeah. I don't know, you just end up disappointed. I think Microsoft just needs to do like a Nintendo Direct and just announce it. Oh yeah, tomorrow we're going to do this. Here's a, here's a video. And it's like maybe a 10 minute like kind of like presentation talking about here's where, here's what's happening with Halo Infinite and then you get some more information and stuff about it, you know. Just as a small side tangent, I think Nintendo needs to do a Nintendo Direct because there hasn't been a like proper full-length Nintendo Direct in over a year, which is odd. Uh, not sure what happened Yeah, like, though. think about it. Like, we've had all these partner Directs and mini ones and we, I mean, we didn't have E3 so there were no Treehouse streams and reviews. No. Like, okay, let's, okay, going off topic to the news. What is Nintendo like doing confirmed what has nintendo confirmed for next year as like a major release like metroid prime absolutely nothing metroid prime 4 we know nothing yeah that's not we got we got a title screen and nothing else yeah not even like a like a year (laughs) the breath of the wild sequel which i feel like is their next really big thing that they'll do yeah we also know nothing because we got one trailer and confirmation that it existed and as far as i aware nothing else as far as i'm aware and nothing we're, else. and we're due for it because breath of the wild i think it came out in 2016 17 
early 17. 17. Okay, so it, it came out the, the following year after the the Switch. So if we go off that... Oh, no, it was launch title for the Switch. Switch launched March 2017. Oh, did it? Oh, Unless I've got my dates wrong, it might be 2016. I want to say 17. Yeah. So, like, if we, if we look at that... Yeah, because it did... It launched on the... Um, it launched simultaneously on the Wii U as well, didn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. But I th- I'm pretty sure... I'm just trying to think. When did the Switch come out? I thought I that was a... I thought that was four years. I thought it was 2016, and then Breath of the Wild came out the following year. Maybe. Uh, no, the Switch definitely launched with Breath of the Wild. I can say that 100% certainty it was Okay, a yeah, game. yeah, yeah. 2017. It was a launch title, Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm just getting confused because the... Uh, the the Switch update came out last year. That was right, last year. Right, yep, yep. Yeah, 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 the refresh. Okay, so yeah, so it's going to be by next year, it's going to be four years since the since Breath of the Wild. And the gap between Breath of the Wild and... What was the one before that? Was it Twilight Princess? It would have been Skyward Sword. That was a big gap. That was a that was an... Oh, no, un- Skyward Sword, which was... I think that was 2012. Well, unless we're counting handheld games. If we're counting handheld games, it would have been... Triforce Heroes, but nobody counts that one. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was... Um, there was Twilight Princess HD. There was Twilight Princess HD, if we're counting the remake. But if we think of like a brand new game, it, it would Skyward have been... Sword, it would have definitely been Skyward Sword, yeah, which was 2012, I believe. So yeah, five years. Which was on the Wii. There was a very big gap between those. I mean, there was the, generate, there yeah. was the hardware gap as well. But the thing is, Breath of the Wild was... Yeah, very much a new thing. They basically built Zelda from the ground up. They don't have to do that with the sequel. They've already got yeah. assets. They've already got things that they can actually use. They've already got, you know, ideally some kind of direction for it because they're clearly going with the Breath of the Wild style. They don't need to do it again from the ground up like they did with the first game where they redesigned how a Zelda game functions. But also we just know nothing. Yeah. They're just not really saying okay. anything yeah. in a very weird way. They're also being very oh, weird with yeah. copyright. Like, if we go over the timeline... Like, if we think... If we look at the timeline, all right. So, November 2011 was Skyward Sword. Then, uh, March 2017 was Breath of the Wild. So, we're looking at about five and a bit months. You know, five month, five years yeah. and a bit months. Uh, we're, we're... Okay, so, 2017 to 2021. So, only four years. So, you know, potentially, there is scope that maybe it comes out later in the year. Or maybe it the following March. It just too soon because we know nothing. We got one trailer. We know literally nothing yeah. about the game. And honestly, we know nothing about what Nintendo yeah. is doing. Uh, which is very odd for a company and that... I feel like the scale of... You know, for a company that really pushed yeah. the directs... Because there were, you know, originally like four... Sometimes I think there was five directs a year. And now we're kind of getting none yeah. for over a year. And I mean, yeah, this year was a bit of an odd one. But yeah. still... Yeah. We've heard nothing. Still. And I think, I think... I think... Um, Nintendo kind of enjoyed the like the larger than expected probably bump in sales from uh, yeah. Animal Crossing. So maybe it didn't really need. It didn't feel like it needed to show its hand. Yeah, no, that makes I get sense. That. And and all the attention was on the new consoles anyway. So why try to compete with that for that airtime when you're selling well anyway? True. They're, yeah, the Switch can't really compete with you know the Series X and the um, PlayStation Five. I. I stand by the fact that I don't think Nintendo is trying to directly compete with the other console manufacturers because they have such the, such a unique niche, you know? They yeah. are basically yeah. your only option for portable gaming, like for portable console gaming, you know, on the go, unless you want to get yeah. something outdated. <laughs> so they yeah. kind of had a bit of a weird chokehold on that market, but not really because they aren't making any games in it. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's weird. Nintendo's, as always, Nintendo is Nintendo. And Nintendo do what Nintendo want, when Nintendo want, where Nintendo want, (laughs) how Nintendo want. (laughs) That's just a Nintendo way. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, how about we make like 2020 and end this here show? Almost is the end of 2020. <laughs> Don't say that. Now I feel old. It is, right? It is. Like, where'd this uh, year go? Going away. Oh, man. I know where it went. It it, it, it got caught up in the filters of my masks. So that went, that's where 2020 Lost went. Lost to time. Lost to time. <laughs> Lost to Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
damn you, Tom Nook. You took my you took my bells and you took my time. <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, dude, thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Thanks for having me. It was great. Good fun this one. You've got maybe a little bit of work left for uni, but hopefully you get to enjoy a little bit of uni left. Almost. Yeah, hopefully there. you get to enjoy some time off now. <laughs> very soon. Very soon. Yeah. Until next time, everyone. Look out for one another. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.